What's up, everyone? It is Wednesday, November 28, 2018, and the internet is fucking with a large cow. Sports are bad. I'm Patrick on the internet. <laughs> and I'm Jake Whipple. Yeah, and here are some stories today. Ooh, stories. Let's see. So, first thing we got today, um, as you're all aware, we've made a habit of uh, calling out baseball. baseball. Yeah, calling out baseball for various racist shit that it does. And guess what they did again? Something racist. More racism. Yeah. Uh, so, Charles Johnson, who's the primary shareholder of the Giants, um, gave a maximum donation to Cindy Hyde Smith, who is now, I believe, a congresswoman elect out of Mississippi. Yeah. Um, Ms. Smith, uh, Congresswoman Smith, has made some incredibly insensitive statements about lynchings, and she's mm-hmm. um, real racist. She's very. <laughs> she's she's incredibly racist. Like I think I think everyone knows it, pretty much everything that she said and what she's all about. If you have been paying attention to any of these Senate races this past election, uh, the Giants, uh, Charles Johnson, who uh, earlier. This year, he he donated a thousand dollars to a campaign that made those racist uh, those racist. Oh yeah, that's that yeah. radio ad of like be like why yeah. everyone should be scared of Democrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is his second one in like I think like three months or some shit or two months or some shit. The Giants, the Giants ownership, our, the ownership group released a statement, and they were basically just like, "Well, you know what? Like, we're just a real big, diverse group of people, just like you. So, you know, some of us are 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 Democrats. Some of us like pizza. Some of us like pineapples on pizza. And some of us are just incredibly racist and hate brown people." It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. I, I just love the, I love the idea that um, a group of people who own a uh, multi-billion-dollar franchise can then sit there and be like, "We're just like you. <laughs> Where are you basically?" <laughs> Like, no, f- shut up. No. It's like, you, it's like you just spent Thanksgiving with your racist uncle, maybe. Well, here's ours. And yeah, it's like, yeah. that's, doesn't, that doesn't change anything. Like, does, that's very bad. You should get rid of him. You should find a way he to get is, rid of him. He is the individual primary shareholder, but I understand because of their ownership structure, there is a family group that collectively owns more than he does. Yeah, the Burns sisters. Yeah, who are they? I don't know anything about uh, them. Sue Burns, uh, she was the majority shareholder. Uh, she was basically the face of the ownership group now there isn't really one there's larry bear and he's just kind of like a a more of an executive really but sue burns was like the most visible owner uh up until like 2009 i want to say she passed away and then it she's that got split between her two daughters so okay yeah they could so they could i mean (laughs) the burns Burns sisters could come together like voltron and be like yo racist yeah the fuck out of here but you know Seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, given yeah. that they're already super rich, so they don't really care about anything. The wildest imagine. thing, maybe not the wildest, <laughs> a wild thing that happened during this, Charles Johnson's lawyer, he wanted to <laughs> jump in there and defend his client uh, <laughs> to the best of his terrible ability. <laughs> I know what you're about to say, and I already can't stop laughing. And he, 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 was, he was defending who he called Charlie Johnson. He's the, Charlie, to say that Charlie Johnson is in any shape, form, or manner a racist is like saying my other client, Barry Bonds, is a racist. It's as silly as it gets. 
And then everyone's like trying to figure out what the fuck this friend argument. (laughs) Yeah. He basically said like you can't be a racist if your lawyer also has a black client. (laughs) Which sounds all of this shit sounds like jokes in arrested development. But no, this is real life. This is not Barry Zuckercorn from Arrested (laughs) Development. Bob Lobla is not here. This is real life. It's fucking insane. It's so weird. Yeah, it's... And I don't know, it's not like it's shocking. Like, ownership groups are notorious for being Republican-leaning. Like, we don't need to get into all of that right now. But, like, it's not like it's a shock. But to then give money, a maximum donation to, like, one of the most crazy racist (laughs) people... In any election, in a uh, particularly in a state like Mississippi, where a Republican, yeah. well, maybe not a complete lock, is a virtual lock to come out on top. Um, like Smith um, was in a runoff election because she didn't quite get fifty percent of the vote, but um, she was never going to lose either. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not. I'm actually not trying to shit on Mississippi, but your voting Mississippi, your voting history is pretty ter- transparent. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not like let's not kid each other here. So, and not only did the Giants donate, not only the shitty ass fucking Giants that we don't even like need to talk about baseball to shit on the Giants. We just talk about their ownership group and their exa- it's right. yeah. Anyways, not only did <laughs> did the Giants donate to Cindy Hyde Smith, but MLB did. The MLB like the baseball. overarching concept of baseball supported Cindy Hyde Smith. All of baseball did, and everyone was like, "Well, why? Why'd you do it?" Like. Oh, but did you, like, know the Rob answer Manfred, to why? Rob Manfred, why did you do it? Why did you do it? Well, the answer came out, and, uh... It was a favor to Mitch McConnell. <laughs> why is... Fucking Mitch fucking McConnell! If you owe favors to Mitch McConnell, you're probably going to hell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like, there's, there's no way around that. Like, yeah, if you, like, if that gremlin walks up and is like, you owe me, you're like, ha, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> I did something real bad. <laughs> Your soul. <laughs> oh man. So Charles Johnson also, well, he also he's also donated to Donald Trump. Donald, yeah, he donated about a hundred thousand dollars to Donald Trump. Jeb Bush. Yeah, um, uh, one million dollars to a uh, super PAC backing Jeb Bush in twenty fifteen. Um, he's actually one of the largest donors to Tea Party back candidates in the country. Um, mm-hmm. He gives a lot of a lot of money to that sort of um, extreme conservative libertarianism. Um, and his team prides itself in being one of the most having the one of the most diverse fan bases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have like they have like the most heritage nights and like special events like that. Uh, they, I mean, that they do serve an crop up marginalized people than any other team in yeah. sports. They do serve a very uh, diverse community in the Bay. Like, there's um, a lot of different um, cultural groups that exist down there, and it's it's interesting that they recognize that as a promotional aspect they can utilize, yeah. but maybe not as, like, a way to change some political stances. Yeah, they're all they're all for, like, giving uh, underserved kids, like, baseball gloves and stuff like that, and, like, performing all, or having all these, like, charity events, but they don't want to actually change policy. No. And that's where it's, it's actually the most, like... It feels like a betrayal, because I'm a Giants fan. Uh, I'm from the Bay. It feels like a betrayal that this team that touts itself as so diverse, I mean, I mean, its its best players are people of color. It's yeah. Willie Mays, McCovey, Bonds, Marichal. Like, these are yeah. players... Orlando Cepeda. I could, I could go on. <laughs> <laughs> you like, don't have to stop if you don't want to. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, like... It just feels like a betrayal to me. Like, it's just like, ew, ah, it's so gross. It's like, ugh, it's, ugh. 
it's not good. Um, they're not getting my money anytime soon. No, no. Like, it's, there's there's some reasons for that. Um, so I actually decided to look into Charles Johnson a little bit because I'm as, since I'm not a not a Giants mm-hmm. fan, I don't know that much about him, um, and I wanted to see like who the fuck this dude is exactly. And he's basically like he's less on television Donald Trump as near as I can tell mm-hmm. um, like he's worth 5.1 billion dollars um, and he made all his money because his father made him chairman of the company his father started to which he, it's from what I understand it's not that he did nothing but he also didn't do a lot <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still technically the chairman but he has absolutely no say in the day-to-day of uh, the company which is Franklin yeah. investments and the same is true of his uh, interest in the Giants he's ostensibly the uh, number one partner in the ownership group, but he does not actually do a fucking thing. Like, this uh, guy actually just kind of sits around yeah. and collects money. Um, and then he gives it to Jeb Bush for some reason? I don't know. Um, Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. One million. Jeb! One million to Jeb Bush. One million dollars for Jeb Bush. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I don't, I can't think of, I couldn't think of anyone who liked Jeb Bush enough <laughs> to give him, like, a dollar? No, no. Like, I don't know. Like, I, just, I mean, then again, I don't know a lot of Republicans. <laughs> no, me either. But Jeb Bush also just seems like the least interesting of the Bushes. And, like, Herbert Walker was no charmer. Like, please clap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to uh, some uh, personal beef that Patrick and I have uh, vis a vis Jamal Murray being Jamal awesome. Murray. Oh, okay. And, We're going to Jamal yeah, Murray now. Yeah, yeah. Jamal My, Murray is great. Why Jamal does Jamal Mur- Murray hate me? Jamal what did Murray I do hates, him? He just he just doesn't think you deserve happiness. Why is he really bullying my Lakers, yeah. my <laughs> my large adult sons? Why is he bullying them so hard? First of all, why is he beating them so hard? Well, just destroying them. Like yeah. they yeah. last night's game. Yeah, was we, we beat you guys by thirty-two points last night, but we were mm-hmm. only like we, we were only up by about fifteen going into the fourth. Like yeah. they tax they hung an extra seventeen on yeah. you. In my, the fourth quarter. My girlfriend uh, looked at the TV at one point and just was just like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Uh, Jamal Murray personally pump-faked Contavious Caldwell Pope on a uh, fast break. Mm-hmm. Pope, Caldwell Pope went flying by him into the uh, baseline crowd. Jamal yep. Murray made a layup and then ran back up court waving goodbye waving to Contavious Caldwell Pope. It's a great. It's, it's great. I, I don't actually like... I don't begrudge Jamal Murray for any of his any any his beef or the way that he's going about handling his beef because it's fucking great. It's he's, it's funny <laughs> it's shit. Nice like watch. basketball beef is great. Yeah. Basketball beef is awesome. It very rarely like turns into anything where it gets insanely serious. Um, except for the time when um, the Rockets broke into the Clippers dressing room via a secret tunnel. Yeah, um, but even then that was just fun. <laughs> yeah, right? That was, that was the weirdest headline I've ever seen in So the Rockets life. went on a dungeon run. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what? It's, see, that's the, if that's the worst that it gets... Actually, Malice of the Palace is the worst that it gets. No, but you know what? We don't is, talk about yeah, that. Like, that's, that's a whole different animal, but like that's like, yeah. There's been like one or two fight fights in the NBA since then, really, and like... NBA uh, fights are always over pretty fast. Um, I mean, that one with Chris Paul and Rondo. Oh, and yeah. And Brandon Ingram just coming in with, like, the longest punch of all time. <laughs> he punched that dude from, like, six miles away. Yeah. Like, he was, six, he was, like, six feet away from Chris Paul and reached over, like, eight people. There was... I'm gonna. The story is gonna change every time I tell it. It'll be like he was 20 feet away, and there was a crowd of people. It was basically 300 in there. He and jumped he just, onto their he, shoulders. He reached across and just punched him in the face. 
Actually, he really just grazed him. Yeah, yeah. R- there's a Rondo, lot of, there's Rondo a lot punched of, him. Yeah, there's a lot of NBA punches that are just grazing. Like, again, Carmelo Anthony threw a punch at somebody in Denver once, and, like, it was the most sorry-ass thing I've ever seen in my life. Because by the time he <laughs> threw it, he was already backpedaling away. And he, like, maybe barely touched whoever he was throwing at. And by the time anyone really realized what had happened, Milo had, like, backed all the way down to the other end of the court and was cowering in fear. Yeah. Um, so this Nuggets-Lakers game was was an absolute thrashing. It was a my squad down. took an L. Yeah. I thought it was going to at least be beat. exciting, considering the, like, the nature of their last few games. Turns out the Nuggets just weren't having it. They contested... Basically every shot the Lakers took. Yeah. They I think there was, was like one by like two shots or something, yeah. something crazy. It was like they contested every single shot. Holding any offense to under ninety points in today's NBA is fucking impressive. Like I didn't know that they were going to be this good defensively. I didn't. Were either. they bad never, at defense last year? Yeah, like, they I were. Pre- they were actually really shitty at it. But no, That's like they've shown up and like they're playing a really swarming defense. Plumlee and um, Millsap have been great down low. Um, Nick, uh, Nikola Jokic has not been playing up to the level he was yeah. at the beginning of the season at all, um, but he's still really good. Um, Jamal Murray is doing the exact same thing he's done his entire life, apparently. Yeah, I um, think the, I think Gary it's Harris, still, I don't think even played last night. I think um, if the season ends, Jokic is still MVP according to advanced metrics. I believe, but that. you know, that's not. We don't live in advanced metrics. No, <laughs> what we, we live in a we live in a world where the MVP award is actually just a prize for best non-LeBron James accomplishment. <laughs> like, you know, like that's that's what it is now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I, <laughs> I, I, I not being LeBron. <laughs> I would disagree with you if. One of the greatest seasons recorded in advanced metrics history. Actually, the greatest single basketball season recorded according to advanced metrics was um, Russell Westbrook, his MVP year. Oh, when he averaged a triple double. The number one, like the like, I think it's the uh, VORP all time. Which mm-hmm. well, I could be wrong on that one. I think it's VORP all time or it's RPM all time. There's a uh, there was a great number too that uh, basically um, took um, his. Uh, usage rate and his assist rate and added them together in a, mm-hmm. in a way to sort of see what percentage of possessions as a whole the, as this yeah. individual player was being relied on. It was like over 80%. Like, Russell Wilson was four of the five players on the court at any given time for the Thunder that year. Westbrook. <laughs> Did I say Russell Wilson? Yes. <laughs> Damn it! Well, That's fine. You gotta leave that in now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Westbrook. Westbrook was the. It was the probably the greatest statistical season mm-hmm. anyone's ever had. Yeah, um, it, it really was. Like, he he was the MVP. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, was he the best player? I don't know. Harden had a great year that year, um, and like LeBron James is always LeBron James. Like, I don't think there were yeah. any other. No, there were no. There's only the only other real contender that year, and he wasn't even a contender. Was like, was that people kept talking about fucking. Um, he was on the Spurs, and now he's on the t- Raptors. Oh, Kawhi. Kawhi oh, that's Leonard. Right. Kawhi was, that was like when people Kawhi like, was uh, yeah, a perennial MVP candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, but yeah, people were talking about um, him being in over the MVP over Westbrook and Harden, which is weird to me that you let him leapfrog both of those guys, because he was doing something like a 27-7-3 and and good defense. Yeah. Which, uh, I, there's a number of really good arguments against that being something you should consider, but we don't need, we don't need to get into that right now. Yeah, Would, that was, there, I think it was very obviously Westbrook's year. Let's say Kawhi's healthy. Prime Kawhi, mm-hmm. prime Westbrook. 
who do you take? One on one? No, who do you take to start your franchise? Oh, to start my franchise? Uh, you know, I gotta go Leonard. Um, not, um, I'd actually think Westbrook is overall a better player, but to start a franchise, I want Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I want Kawhi too. I think Kawhi, I think Kawhi is a better player, and I think that Westbrook plays a style and he's too hungry. Like, sometimes you can be too hungry. I think that's fair, yeah. um, if you look at his usage rates, the higher his usage rates, uh, the less his team, the less wins his team has. Yeah, he's not his. Um, the relationship between winning and Westbrook being the focal point of his team is yeah. not great. Yeah, um, I think when the Thunder won, I think when the Thunder won the most, the most uh, games that they've ever won with like KD and and Russ, um, Russ had the lowest usage rate out of or usage percentage out of any of his prime years. I think that's probably about right. Lowest. I don't know those numbers, but that sounds yeah. correct. Yeah. I looked it up and I babbled about it on Twitter like a week ago. So <laughs> it's kind of fresh in my head. Yeah. I know, Russell, like, I feel like at some point people are going to be talking about um, a version of, trying to get a version of Russell Wilson to come out the same way everyone always talked about trying to sign Olympic Mellow. Yeah. You know what I'm you know what I mean? Like, you mean and, a player that doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah, like a guy who like with a was momentarily there. Yeah. And now just you everyone's dreaming that he'll return and he never will because yeah. he was a ghost. He was an apparition. Yeah. Um and like yeah, like people are going to be looking for a guy like Westbrook to like, t- like cut down on his usage and just be this like world-destroying monster occasionally instead mm-hmm. of trying to be that on every single possession. And uh, it's just never going to happen, like, because she's just not that player. Yeah. It'd be like hoping that um, Allen Iverson became a high-efficiency shooter instead of just taking every single shot every single time. Like, it's not how his game works at all, you know? Yeah. So, who else do we got looking at in the NBA? Oh, players that own the Lakers. Mm. Vucevic. Yeah. Nikola Vucevic is amazing right now <laughs> yeah he's uh he's playing playing really well he had two great games in a row against the warriors and the lakers yeah he he owned us yeah he owned us it was pretty bad he basically he scored 30 points every game and shit ton of rebounds played really good defense and it sucked for for me yeah. i'm just gonna i guess the theme of the 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 day is um teams that own the team i like yeah um, <laughs> which is all of them your team is bad uh, <laughs> They're actually pretty good. <laughs> They're more frustrating. Like, the Lakers are way more frustrating than they should be. Like, I thought this was going to be a fun season with LeBron there. And mm-hmm. watching LeBron is a joy. But yeah. when they win, it's frustrating. Because there's always something there. Like, they almost blow a large fourth quarter lead. Or they're just not playing defense. Or, like... Lonzo's not playing aggressively. Whether it's any of those things happening, some there's always something there to just annoy a Lakers fan. Just be like, this, we just blew a team out and we're not happy because we made LeBron score like 50 points. You like, had to do all the work in order to make this happen, and that's not supposed to be how this team works. Yeah. yeah. And now they're losing a few. They've been losing a few games recently, and it's everyone's talking about like, do you think LeBron is going to realize like? Okay, I think he already has realized this. But do you think LeBron is going to decide to trade anyone because he is 33 going on 34? The the his window of being the best player in the league is kind of just dwindling down. I mean, it it actually he he's actually playing out of his goddamn mind. Yeah, he's right still now. playing like he's the best player in the league. Like I agree, like he's 34. Yeah, he's 33-34 now. And yeah, he's getting older. 
but he's not. Would you? Would do you think he should? Do you think he should sacrifice an Ingram or Alonzo? I think I think that's really dependent Kuzma. on return. Um, well, Beal is what everyone's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like, but I don't know if Beal is going to be. So, and one of the keys too with like the LeBron thing. This is the first time in since the Heat that LeBron has signed a deal worth that is more than one year with a one year player option. Yeah, like this is the first. It's what I think it's only a three year, three year deal, four year yeah. deal. No, three. He's tied yeah. himself to this though. Yeah, like he's he agreed to do this. So I don't think that. If he did that, then obviously he's not in win now mode. Um, at least I don't think so. I think he. I don't think he ever stops wanting to win. Obviously, mm-hmm. like this. This is like, that's the key to being a competitive athlete, just regardless. But um, I think I think if he decides that one of these kids isn't going to pan out into an actual star that's, player, that's I think that's the real question. Yeah, and he's playing with them, and I think he's realizing a few things. Like at first, he really it seemed like he really liked Kuzma because mm-hmm. Kuzma just scores out of his mind, and he's just. He doesn't play defense, though. Yeah. So it's like, that's frustrating. And then, like, there was a time, oh, where Brandon Ingram was his favorite, because Brandon Ingram was playing all kinds of crazy iso ball, like, and he's a good playmaker, he's a good, mm-hmm. he's a decent rebounder, he's a good defender. But they all slump at certain times. And now he's big on Lonzo, because Lonzo's p- playing aggressively, and he's not scoring at all, but he's, you know, he's getting he's, his rebounds, he's and he's getting assists. Hard. Like, yeah. he's, he's, like, yeah. he's making a difference on the court. He's actually... I think the third best player on the team this year so far. Lonzo's hustle stats have always been good. Like yeah. the guy, I kind of like, despite everything that goes into the whole of the Lonzo Ball experience. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of liked him as a player. I thought he was really fun at UCLA. Um, yeah. He's incredibly fun to drag because his dad, but everything else about him, it's like, oh, he's he just seems like a normal, likable kid. Like he's not trying to hurt anyone. He's not. Tra- he doesn't have the bravado of his father. That, yeah. How did he come out of that family relationship this normal? Like, how did he do I have this? no idea. Like, what's the fuck? And like, I'm curious. About, like, LiAngelo is not good enough to be an NBA player, and um, the youngest kid, um, Lamelo. Lamelo. Like, he's he's 16. Like, who knows? Like, yeah. he's he'll certainly probably be a fine player. He'll he'll go to college and be an okay player unless he. Com- did he I completely he, actually? Did I he totally he ruin his amateurism by playing overseas? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm not really sure. I just know that that sucks what yeah. their dad did to those kids. Yeah, no, that blows. Like, that also, just like sucks. every time, like you start talking about a thing about the Ball family, and then you just roll into this crazy thing. Like, remember when they all moved to Lithuania to play yeah. for a second division <laughs> team? <laughs> now he's at uh, some sort of um, what sounds like a Lamelo at least is that what sounds like a diploma factory for uh, aspiring athletes. Yeah. Um, Somewhere I don't remember where. Um, no, no, like I want, like I don't want any. I'm not about to wish ill on a teenager. I don't even know. Yeah, but, God no. Yeah, but yeah, like I don't. I want him to do well yeah. mainly because I don't want any teenager to fail. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a weird thing to yeah, want. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not rooting for like the youths to be shitty. I yeah. would rather the youths be good. Good youths are good for yeah. my future by doing good things. Yeah. Um, but man, they're dead. <laughs> God damn him! Jesus, uh, he's been very quiet this year. He has. He has not he's shown not, up a lot. Um, you're I not trying to because you you are not looking for a LeBron James beef. No, I don't think, <laughs> I think so. He, is, he wants to be as far away from that as possible. Yeah. You want to ruin your brand? <laughs> Get into a beef with LeBron James. <laughs> no, if you uh, if you like start fucking with um, LeBron too hard. All of a sudden, you're traded to 
I'm trying to actually try to think of a good team for him to be traded to because it would have LeBron would send him somewhere where the team sucks mm-hmm. and where they don't want to be. <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just ship him out for Kevin Love. <laughs> oh my god, that would not be terrible. <laughs> right? I'm like, I don't know. Like I we 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 made fun of Kevin Love enough last week. We don't need to do it again. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, Kevin. I like Fat Kevin better. Yeah, remember yeah, when he, like when he was kind of chunky and slinging yeah. uh, slinging full court passes all over the place in Minnesota. Yeah. That was my favorite version of Kevin Love. He's a fucking GQ model. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. he looks great. Like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he was. He was. You were. Kevin, well, he's you were way less likable yeah. yeah, now. Way that less likable now that you're attractive. Like, no, I liked you when you were a very good like, looking man. <laughs> you're like, I don't need to try at all. Like, I'm <laughs> the best person here, so whatever. Um, it's my favorite thing about a lot of athletes. Yeah, Pablo Sandoval. Didn't really, he didn't really give a shit. Liked him. Liked it. Liked it. Yeah. Tim Lincecum, same thing. One of my favorite anecdotes about any athlete, I'm going back to the Allen Iverson well, but um, mm-hmm. this was when he was on the Nuggets. And um, mm-hmm. they, you know, they give all the players like off-season workout structures and all that sort of shit. And like most guys do it. Some guys kind of blow it off here and there. But generally, you know, these guys are professional athletes. They're trying to, you know, stay in shape, succeed at their yeah. jobs. Alan Iverson spent the entire offseason drinking beer and eating hot dogs at his house. Oh, like, cool. Literally, like, I'm, this is not apparently Specifically even... Specifically hot dogs. Yeah, well, this, apparently this is not even an exaggeration. Like, he was just, like, at his house barbecuing hot dogs all the time and, like, chugging beer and, like, hanging out. That was <laughs> that was his off-season program. Sounds and, fun. And, of course, the coach, the coach of the time, probably George Carl, I would imagine, uh, gets wind of this. And in order to, like, punish Iverson, decides to make the first day of full team practices all about endurance and conditioning and, like, has him run a bunch of wind sprints. And, yeah. like, as oh, they're was running... Was that we talking about practice? What's that? Was that we talking no, about No, practice? no, no. Okay. No. Um, that was... The, we talked about practice. He was still in the sixth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Iverson smoked everybody in all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> like, just didn't, like... He didn't have to exercise. He was just much mm-hmm. faster and could be faster longer than other people because he was Alan goddamn Iverson. Yep. Like, Yep. It's just more. It's just more fun when athletes just do whatever the fuck they want. It is, yeah. <laughs> like, like when a uh, fucking Odell Beckham and all the Giants receivers like decided to go hang out on a boat before the NFC Championship. Yeah, like, I don't. That, that sounds rad. Like, yeah, that sounds like a great way to unwind. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you had a stressful work week coming up and someone was like, "Do you want to just hang out on my boat down in Miami? Like I could fly you there and fly you back." I'd be like, "Shit, yes!" <laughs> <laughs> like just like, spend the weekend in Miami on a boat, sure. Yeah. And everyone's so like, well, what about their focus? Yeah, well, I get, their focus seems fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't want them stressed out all the time. Yeah, right. And yeah, then they spent the entire week being like challenged with questions about whether or not being on a boat was helping, was like bad for them. And they're like, stop asking me. I'm trying to focus on practice now. <laughs> You're the one making me talk about the boat afterwards. <laughs> uh,. Although, not as, still, no boat story will ever top the uh, Minnesota Vikings sex boat. Jesus. I kind of forgot most of the details. I just, it happened so long ago, but I remember, I'm just like, oh, okay, that, fuck, that's, that's wild. Yeah, that's a, that was a bonkers story. I don't remember yeah. that, I also don't remember a whole lot about it, but, damn. That was, it was, I remember it being a wild fucking story. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, More NBA stuff. Jimmy Butler. 
Jimmy Butler likes it on the Sixers. Is you, what he the said. Sixers are your pick to win the win the Eastern Conference this year, right? Uh, yeah, they're my they're. I want them to, and they are my pick too. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, yeah. it kind of worked itself out when, when they got Jimmy. So Did it? <laughs> like, Did I, it though. I mean, it helps me. You think so? it was a wild? Who, they it was. It was Covington and who else? Covington and um, the European guy. What's his name? Sarge. So, uh, yeah, Sarge. Um, so that's interesting to me. Just because they took, of their five starters, uh, Covington, Sarch, um, uh, Embiid, um, Simmons, and um, Fultz, mm-hmm. they traded two of them, specifically the two who can shoot for one guy who's a decent shooter, mm-hmm. and then surrounded this guy with a, a, well, Embiid's easily the most talented big man in the game, right? But surrounded him... Now, Butler's playing with someone coming off the bench, bench uh, I don't know who, and um, Simmons and Fultz, one of whom can't shoot, and the other of whom won't <laughs> shoot. <laughs> I I still think the team's better with Butler. I'm not, say, I'm not saying they're not, I'm saying that like there's, an, an, there's a very definitive flaw in their entire schema, because they have two guys... Who cannot be trusted? One who cannot be trusted to shoot from anywhere, and yeah. one guy and another guy who can't be trusted to shoot from anywhere outside of five feet. Yeah, um, which means you don't have to guard either of them on the perimeter. Um, yeah, and that's going to make everybody's life a lot harder. Like that—that's how you end up with Joel Embiid being double teamed all the time and being forced into tough shots instead of just being able to post up a guy one on one and ruin somebody's day. I don't know what Sarch and uh, Covington's like value numbers are. Um, Jimmy's a four, a four, a four value over replacement player ish. Sure. He's averaged that in the prime of his career. Uh, he looks on pace for it this season. That's pretty like that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, mean he's, like, he's clearly he's an impact player on on the court. He's a two way player. He's one of the best two way guards in the game. Like yeah. you, they need that. They yeah, need no, no, that like, player. Look, I'm not like there's no slamming Jimmy Butler and adding like adding a Jimmy Butler caliber player is good for anybody, mm-hmm. but. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm not convinced about the 76ers as a whole. Like, I think they did a really good job amassing certain kinds of talent, but the development of that talent, I'm not as. I'm not as convinced by. Yeah, I mean, who knows how happy he's going to be once uh, Ben Simmons starts missing free throws in crunch time yeah. in the playoffs? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really think about Markel Fultz like having. And no one has expectations of him, which that in itself is very sad. So I don't think Jimmy Butler can is really going to get mad at Fultz because I don't think Jimmy Butler is going into this going, ooh, I'm going to play with that guy. No, I no, can't wait I'm, to yeah. play with that. I, I think Markel Fultz is like, oh, God, I hope I'm never on the court with Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just fine with it at this point. It's yeah. just too stressful to watch him. It stresses me out watching Markel Fultz play. Yeah, we talk, we, yeah, we got into this last week a bit. Like, it's just, it's no fun to watch him. <laughs> I don't want to watch someone fail like court. that. Yeah, yeah, like, it's... Like, that was the number one pick. Like sometimes busts are funny. This bust mm-hmm. is not funny. Like yeah. this is this was a guy who should have been fine. Maybe not like the best player in the league, but should have been fine. Suffered some un- un- inexplicable injury, and now it just he has the worst case of the yips in the world. Yeah. Um, not good. No, it's not. It's not fucking good. <laughs> what are some funny it? busts? <laughs> uh, They're mostly always football, right? Yeah, Ryan Leaf is it's a funny always a, one. It's always yeah. a fucking quarterback. Yeah, it's always... well, quarterbacks are funny busts. Um, I always found the Jamarcus Russell bust to be pretty entertaining. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. 
he showed like there was indications that he could have been like okay at mm-hmm. a professional level, but he just refused to ever like capitalize on anything. <laughs> and then, yeah, and he was also one of the last guys to get a massive contract coming out. So like, yeah, that's always that's always entertaining. Um, pretty much any quarterback the Browns have ever drafted. Um, oh yeah, can uh, Manzel, Man- Johnny Manzel, man. Did um, they? How deep were they into the draft when they got him? It, just, it, it feels, was a top ten pick. Okay, at the very least. Okay, thank. Yeah. I, maybe I don't know. <laughs> he was definitely. It was definitely first round. I definitely top ten. Might have been top five. Um, pick twenty two. Pick twenty two. That was Jonathan or John Johnny twenty two. Okay, yeah. so that's not. I, called, really I was called him bust. Jonathan Manzel. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Manzel. Jonathan football. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan American football. <laughs> <laughs> stealing this yeah um, yeah I uh so we talked about Nikola Vucevic for a second oh, right? we did we didn't mention him briefly <laughs> yeah like we, because I actually wanted to get more into him because this so we're talking about a uh, seven footer um who's 28 years old so still in his still very much in his prime who's in the last year of his contract um, yeah he's like he's in a contract what do you, do you think there's any chance he stays with the magic yeah uh me, I mean, I think so. I don't. There's no indication that he doesn't like it. Uh, I mean, other than they don't win a lot, but I think they're probably playing well. Um, no, they're doing. I think they're doing fine. I don't actually yeah. know for sure. I think they're they're like positioning themselves. Yeah, they're in position for the playoff spot. Okay, that's I mean, good. that's good. That's a, it's a month in the season, so who cares? Yeah. But also, like, what we have is what we have. Yeah, well, like, the, East, the Eastern Conference, like, short of, like, the uh, Sixers, Celtics, Pacers, and the Raptors is sort of a crapshoot. Um, yeah. Hey, not, like, it's not as, it's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, like, I haven't seen, there's not as obvious futility, like, below um, those top four, but those top four are still very much established. Yeah, the East um, does not, does not look that bad this year. The East, no. the East actually, there's a lot of impressive teams there. I mean, I like the Oladipo Pacers. I like the Seventy Sixers. The Bucks look really look really yeah. nice. Giannis is Giannis is playing out of his fucking mind. Like that guy's a freak of nature. Like people should not be allowed to be that size and move like that. <laughs> it's cheating. It is cheating. It's like, it's like it's like you're too good. Giannis is like the Konami code of the NBA. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty not awesome. Fair. He's also he's also probably every single uh, NBA 2K creative player before they finally put an end to that shit. Yeah, um, before they put caps on everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone's yeah. playing a seven foot one point guard <laughs> <laughs> who can shoot from outside. Speaking of seven foot players who can shoot from outside, so we talked a little bit about Zion Williamson and prospects yeah. uh, coming up out of the NCAA uh, this coming year. Bull Bull Manute Bull's kid, yeah. seven foot two. What do you think he's shooting from behind the three-point line right now? I don't know, but it has to be good. It's fifty-five uh, percent. What? That's so tight. Yeah, he's seven <laughs> foot two. His standing reach, like flat-footed, you know, hand up in the air, is nine foot seven. He can almost grab the rim without even getting on his tiptoes. The ultimate stretch big. The ultimate stretch big. Um, I like. Yeah, Bull Bull is playing for the University of Oregon. He is playing great. Um, he's not super fast, but he puts himself, like, he's good at being in position, yeah. which, like, which, this is the Rudy Gobert style of protecting a mm-hmm. rim, and it works phenomenally for Rudy Gobert, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, his wingspan's enormous, his reach is insane, 
and apparently he now has an outside jump shot, which... And, it, yeah, it's Brooke Lopez levels of good. <laughs> <laughs> we're maybe talking be, about the next Brooke be, Lopez here, people. He might be the next Brooke Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yeah. now a stretch big? If you listen to our podcast, you'd know that. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's awesome. He's so awesome. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Basketball looks really, is really fun this year. Like, this regular season's been really cool, and I'm very excited about it. Even though we're still talking about a postseason that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um, but I just want to see how it all turns out. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's, who, who is gonna, who's going to fall to whom in the, uh, in the yeah. playoffs, I think, is going to be a really... It's going to be very telling about what the next wave of great yeah. basketball teams is going to be. I think the Sixers are going to get uppercut through the roof. By the DeMarcus Cousins Warriors. <laughs> and no one's going to know how to deal with it because it'll be like Boogie gets in just in time for the playoffs. And, you know, the Warriors are usually like that, like, heavy ball movement team. They're fast. They kind of run and gun and shoot a bunch of threes. And then you add KD to the mix. So then you have like this ultimate ISO ball player who can beat anyone anywhere. And then also you have now the third option of let's just give it to Boogie. And he runs through like 17 people <laughs> and goes straight to the rack and then laughs at everyone. <laughs> like, it's like, why are you going to, yeah, no one's going to, no one's, no one's going to beat the Warriors. No, it's just not, it's not going to happen. And anyone who thinks otherwise is deluding themselves. But it would be so fun to watch them win. Like, I'm, I'm a Lakers fan, I'm so like, it'll be really fun to watch the Warriors beat the crap out of somebody. Right? It's gonna, <laughs> just like... absolutely just powerbomb them through a table. I mean, what'll be more, if... I don't know how much we'll get of this, but it'll be, like, any game in the playoffs where any given team hangs with the Warriors, like, yeah. and makes it a legitimate basketball game, which they'll still probably lose, because how the fuck do you stop that? But if they can make that a four-quarter legit basketball game, it's gonna be fun as shit. Yeah. Is the, it's not going to happen. That those things won't happen because the Warriors are playing badly. They'll have to happen because their opponent has upped their glev, their level so completely in order to hang with this juggernaut. That like that is it's going to be some of the best basketball on the planet. The Rockets did it for a while. They almost got the job done. Yeah, but you have to watch. Then you have to watch James Harden play basketball, which <laughs> is not pleasant. Are you saying that like you just don't like it when basketball teams call for when they give it to a point guard or a shooting guard and say and they call for the switch? And then they'd shoot a three <laughs> in the face of the person they switched to. I like that just fine. I don't like it That's when literally it's the all they only do. thing they do. <laughs> That's like me when I play 2K. I have one play. <laughs> it's the switch and ISO. Like what? Uh yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, I mean, it works. Like, James Harden's an amazing basketball player. I just don't think I just don't find him fun to watch. I think that's why yeah. I liked them in the playoffs last year. Well, mainly because it would be funny to see them beat the Warriors, but also it's because they play basketball like I would play a video game, which is more yeah. relatable. But it also, from an actual basketball standpoint, that's pretty whack. It's, it's like not actually fun. <laughs> that's, that's incredibly boring. It's 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 fake rivalry weekend in Seattle. That's in the NFL. true. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's uh, Seahawks Niners rivalry that never was <laughs> and never will be. Yeah, it's, they it's tried like, to make it a thing. Kinda, they tried. Kinda, like, it kind of makes tried. sense, like in 2014, 2015, because they were both good. But it's the mm. only time in that they're both either of their histories that they both. And even good. then, even yeah. then, it was really just not one. It, the Seahawks yeah. just beat them all the time. It was not fun to be a 49ers fan. Yeah. 
It actually never really has been since the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's been an, it's been a long run for you guys of just sadness. <laughs> you had uh, the Kaepernick Super Bowl with the power outage against the Ravens, and that's about it. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then the Seahawks picked Kaepernick off in the fi- in the conference finals, and that was pretty much the end of that. Yeah, yeah, that. Well, then we decided that Jim Harbaugh wasn't a good coach anymore. It turns out he was. <laughs> we were like, oh, he must be the reason why we're bad. It's like, I don't think so. No, that actually, that was not it. Um, do the so do the Niners have a real rival right now? Like, can uh, you can you call someone the 49ers rival anymore? They have historic rivals. They don't really have real rivals anymore. There's no one. There's the the Rams have always been a historic rival. Uh, the Cardinals have not because they're whack. It's the same. Just the same conflict. concept. Like it's like it's like getting into a rivalry yeah, yeah. with a. With, no, and then there's the Cowboys are their traditional, like, historic oh, yeah, okay. rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they went at it for 20 years. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a good point. They, yeah. they, they are kind of like if the Celtics and Lakers were, like, in the same uh, conference. Okay. <laughs> that's essentially the, the amount of heat that they had in, in the 90s and the 80s was equal to that. And I'm like these days, they suck super hard, so no one's really concerned yeah. about them at all. Yeah, no one, no one cares about the Niners. Yeah, do the Seahawks have rivals? So, is it? It might be the Rams. This at this point, um, I could, because I remember. So, what I remember specifically about Seahawks Rams games is like there was that stretch where um, the Seahawks were super good and the Rams were super bad. And yet every time they played each other, the Rams would somehow find a way to totally ruin the Seahawks' shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do just, remember that. Yeah, yeah, just destroy it. And, like, they would often do it with, like, these wild-ass trick special teams plays. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I fake punts. They faked a punt return once, yeah. which was still one of the coolest things I've seen pulled off on a football field. Like, getting an entire coverage team to run away from where their kicker kicked the ball yeah. is... That's brilliant. I don't know how they did it, but it's fucking brilliant. And they played out of their mind defense. Yeah, they just, like, they really wanted to beat them, and yeah, they did a they lot. they played over their heads all the time to, be, to beat the Seahawks, and it was funny. But I think, like, right now, I think the Rams see the Seahawks as a rival in, like, the same weird way that the Seahawks saw the Niners as a rival, where it was, like... The Seahawks wanted the rivalry with the Niners more than the Niners yeah. wanted it. Yeah, I think that's probably correct. And <laughs> now it's like it seems like the Rams probably want the rivalry with the Seahawks more than the Seahawks want it because the Seahawks are just trying to get into the playoffs. Yeah, somehow. they're like the Seahawks. Are they're on their way down. The it's just yeah. it's just this these series of trends that are now following each other. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's just one one is a formerly great team that is uh, now not so great, but still kind of sticking in there, and the other is. The Rams and they're amazing. <laughs> they <laughs> decided Todd to Gurley be really good. And Jared Goff. Jared Goff's gonna get paid at some point. Oh yeah. Just because I mean, we talked a lot about like the valuation of positions in the NFL lately, and uh, the Rams already paid Todd Gurley. Um, he made him the highest paid running back in the mm-hmm. NFL. Which again, it's weird that like you have to talk about players in terms of being the highest paid position versus the highest paid. Um, yeah. contributor to a team. Um, you got into this a little bit last night talking about who's, or last time talking about uh, where you actually identify the greatest players mm-hmm. on a football field. Like, yeah. who, who are they really? <laughs> it's incredibly really? difficult to yeah, do. who are they really? Like, <laughs> um, mate. And, uh, like, the guy who was actually, so I actually thought of a counterexample for who was the guy who was best at his job. Yeah. And it might be Joe Thomas from the sure. Cleveland Browns. He was a left tackle who gave up, like, four sacks in 12 years and then had to retire. 
<laughs> it's a deep cut. Yeah, right? Yeah. I don't have an argument for that. <laughs> I just have to just respect that you have that knowledge in your brain somewhere. Yeah. I just remember because when he retired, like, every, like, every, like, a lot of um, guys who are into, like, who are the great players in NFL history, like, oh, you know, got it. Joe Thomas, really great O lineman. But again, like, nobody wants to talk about dudes doing that short, kind of fucking grunt work. Like, they're great. Like, they actually have a mm-hmm. place in the pantheon of greatness, even though, like, that is insane! Like, yep. uh, the left tackle is usually the guy lined up against the best pass rusher. Yeah. And this dude just erased everybody for his entire career until he yeah. couldn't do it anymore. And he did it all on the Cleveland Browns while they were invisible. Yeah. You know, that and, sucks. Yeah. But there's also something we said about just being in the league for a very long time. Being That's true. punished. Like, yeah. what Frank Gore's doing right now is ridiculous. It's insane, yeah. <laughs> I thought Frank Gore... Uh, Frank Gore's older than I am. <laughs> <He's, laughs> that, he's, geez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that old. I mean, yeah, on, like, I'm 34. So. No, but like for a running back to be like yeah. in his even his mid 30s and still be kicking around in the NFL these yeah. days is insane. It's wild. Yeah. It is wild. He does. Who does he have to pass now? Uh, shit. He already passed LT. He passed Curtis Martin. I'm just gonna do this. This is what our this is what our podcast is gonna be right now. Let's Google some stuff. <laughs> Let's googling things. <laughs> oh yes, Barry Sanders is ahead of him next. Uh, mm. That looks difficult to get. No, he can do it if he plays next season. He can do it. All right, he might. Like the yeah. guy seems to be unkillable. So, um, mm-hmm. Richard Sherman's coming back to Seattle for this fake rivalry. Oh, that's no right. One, no one actually cares. Fake about rivalry it. weekend yeah. in Seattle. Um, what do you think happens there? Like, is is he getting booed? Yeah, is he getting booed? Like, uh, I would say I wouldn't if I was a Seahawks fan. I would probably cheer for him, but I'm not a Seahawks fan, and I know that the fan base as a whole will probably boo him. I think that's probably true. <laughs> um, I, I don't because like, I think the fan base as a whole doesn't actually realize that the reason Sherman's not on the Seahawks anymore is because they cut him. Yeah, not because he like didn't sign a contract or demanded a trade. Like they just let him go. Um, yeah, and he got an offer from this from the Niners. Like okay. Yeah, <laughs> Jed York was like, "Hey, I want to give you all of the money. Mm-hmm. Let, let me let me just clarify, literally all of the money." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Richard Sherman's like, "Okay, I'm Thank gonna go ahead you. and accept this. You're gonna give me all the money on the first meeting, the first pitch meeting. You're gonna give me all of your money." <laughs> Jed York's like, "Yep, <laughs> okay, gonna take that every time. If you don't take that." I don't know. Yeah, no, you should. Like, you should. Like, I think Sherman's been playing, like, league average slightly better over the course of the season. Like, he hasn't been, yeah. like, OG Richard Sherman when he was the best cornerback in football, but he's been an acceptable player. Um, I've been abstaining from watching football, but I I have... I, I've still been looking at numbers every once in a while. He's playing well. He was playing... He was playing way better earlier in the season. And then he kind of dropped off, and I would drop off my effort, too, if I knew that my team was going nowhere. Yeah, like, you're, not, you're not going to the playoffs. Like, you actually, the 49ers are no longer, sh- there's no reason for them to have an interest yeah. in winning football games anymore. Oh, God, um, no. Like, they don't need to. Like, Yeah. Why, so, yeah, like, what I would be telling guys is, well, just don't get hurt, and uh, let's have fun out there. <laughs> be, be ready for next year, please. Yeah. Big rivalries are always fun. Yeah. Like, anytime, like, anyone, like, refers to, like, anyone being the Padres rival in the NL West, I'm like, no 
one's their rival. <laughs> they don't have a rival. They're like, oh, I mean, the Giants and the Padres have been playing each other since a million years. I don't care. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, the Dodgers and the Padres are near each other. No. That doesn't count either. <laughs> you can't just have a rival just because you play them a lot. It's not really it's not how, how it works. works. Yeah. Like the Arizona Cardinals can't have a rival. They just can't. No, they just never. They, no one has ever given a shit enough about the Cardinals. Like, the Cardinals could beat the same team in the Super Bowl five times in a row, <laughs> and I'd still be like, "Doesn't count. You're still the Cardinals." <laughs> You're uh, boring and no one likes you. I'm doing the Bills dirty over here. Um, five uh, straight Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, five gonna... straight L's. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. They yeah. did that. Yeah, they did. They, uh... God. What's, mm-hmm. What a sad existence that has to be. <laughs> On one hand, it's a lot of AFC championships. <laughs> On the other hand... That's a lot of L's. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of, uh, we took an L banners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is the, the era of, of National League Championship ring ceremonies. <laughs> so who knows what it, <laughs> We are, we, we are living in different times yeah. in sports. I mean, I don't know. Are they get participant ribbons run rampant? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get on the participation trophy thing because that oh, that leads down to de- like some deeply tied to republicanism. Yeah, like that's, <laughs> and that starts yeah. to get like dark, where everyone like there's, yeah. you just find a whole bunch of people acting really shitty mm-hmm. like to children for no reason. Yeah, but yeah, shut the fuck up and let your kid play soccer. If someone <laughs> hands him a medal at the end of it, be like, let congratulations, son. You know what the weirdest part about it is that when a uh, when a boomer is gonna when a boomer is going to complain about uh, millennials having been given uh, participation trophies, it's like, motherfucker, who do you think gave them the medal? <laughs> you! You're the one! <laughs> you think millennials parented millennials and did this? You think they came up with the idea? No. Also, like, I played a lot of sports growing up. Like, I was soccer leagues, baseball, basketball, like, I skied competitively. I did all this shit. From a very young age, I knew the difference between the trophy I got because I was there and the one that I won. Like, yeah. It's, the kids are not stupid. They yeah. realize, like, I, no one is sitting there, like, on a soccer team that spent most of their time picking dandelions, and then they get a trophy at the end of it, and they're like, this is mean, must mean we won the league. Yeah. Like, I remember being in coach pitch, coach pitch Baseball, and they didn't, they didn't keep score. But we all knew the fucking score. Yeah. Because we're not dumb. <laughs> like, we can count. We I knew when we took an L and it was fine. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Everything's all good, man. Yeah. And they still, you know what? And they still, I still got, I still got candy and orange slices and a Capri Sun afterwards. And that was nice too. Yeah, right? And a, fucking, my, and a uh, baby boomer gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is the fucking truth. Again, I, I remember my uh, after my freshman year of high school playing Legion baseball over the summer. We were like that team played. We played okay, and then um, we then proceeded to lose like twenty seven consecutive games to close out the year. Like it was, it was fucking like just unbelievable levels of futility. We were like it wasn't like we were even playing that bad. We just could not win a fucking game. Um, at the end of the year, you know, we still did the team awards, like team MVP, team sportsmanship. Like, 
If you close out a season by losing 27 consecutive games, like, that's... Yeah. Like, uh, do, they, do people deserve those awards for, like, sticking it out, too? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe you do. Yeah. Like, yeah, you stay in that whole thing. The whole, yeah. yeah. I could see that, yeah. Like, if you put up with this, so... <laughs> it was rough. It was rough for all involved. Mm. Mm. So I think we had a good, we had a pretty good show. We kind of floated around a little bit. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to shit on owners as much as I wanted to. Oh. Um, you know that Robert Kraft is wants to buy a Premier League team, but is quote worried that there's not a salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> thing in the world. Oh, I really want one of these sports teams, but I'd really like to not pay them anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really want one, but. I'm just not going to do it. It's it's unfortunate that these players keep demanding (laughs) this thing called money. Yeah. Yeah. What money? I'm not giving you any money. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Robert Kraft actually sounds like. Yeah, that's it. We want money. I do not think so. And, uh, yeah, and also I just want to, like, all my Nuggets fans, Stan Cranky, Nuggets owner, fuck that guy. Yeah. He's an asshole. Go straight to hell. Um... That's all I got. All right. I don't think I'm going to apologize to any of those people. No, they can all fucking go, <laughs> like, as I said, go directly to hell. Um, as we're closing this bad boy out, I'm like, who do I apologize to? I mean, Monzo? I'm like, what? I got, there's, I, there's a couple of dead guys I could yell about, and you could apologize to their families for me slandering their dead parents' name. No, I'm fine with that. I, mean, right. I think I'll be cool with that. All right, all right, just checking. Okay, let's just, you know what? Goodbye, internet. Have a good time. Um, being the internet, sorry to the ghost of Ken Caminiti. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Ken Caminiti didn't, like... He was slandered. Like, we, well, he wasn't slandered. All we did was say that he did steroids, and he did. He was super open about it. He, he was loved like, steroids and, yeah. so much. And then later he was like, man, I did a lot of steroids. It has had a really negative effect on my health. And they, uh, Ken Caminiti was a good dude. <laughs> there was a... There was a um, a blog, or I want to say like a web comic about baseball, that specifically made. It was like probably like a year or two after Ken Caminiti died too, where the Bruce Bochy loved Ken Caminiti so much that he made the ghost of Ken Caminiti his third base coach. <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm like I believe that. <laughs> like I could see I could see Bunch doing some crazy shit like that. Right. Ken Caminiti was great. And yeah. uh, we should all look back on his memory with respect. So this has been a fun episode of All Sports Are Bad. We're going to sign off. Uh, we should plug our Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at All Sports Are Bad. We're also on the web at allsportsarebad.com. I'm Patrick JCS. And I am Wildly Pointless. Yeah. Yeah. At Wildly Pointless. It's a, it's a pretty good... Twitter I don't know how that was not taken already, yeah. frankly. Like, everything on Twitter is pointless, usually wildly pointless. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your account, I know. Pretty wonderful, actually. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> goodbye, internet. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to the ghost of Ken Caminiti also. <laughs>